Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Aaron, and my favorite book is Big Nate. But today, we'll be discussing Finding New, a mystery novel by Zoe Ferraris. And joining me today are my classmates from Miss Bonzi's English 10 class, Eric and Catherine. Hi, I'm Eric, and my favorite book series is The Magic Treehouse. And I'm Catherine, and my favorite is Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Finding Noof by Zoe Ferraris is about a rich Saudi Arabian family named the Shraris, whose daughter Noof goes missing. The book teaches the reader about the role of gender and culture as the search for Noof progresses. The book follows the life of Nair, the private investigator hired by the family, who begins to respect and grasp the role of gender and sexism in Saudi Arabia. As the novel goes on, Nair questions many people, such as Quasi, the boy she was supposed to marry, and Nair begins to learn Noof may have had plans to run away to the U.S. As Nair begins to piece together the evidence, he encounters Katya, the fiancé of Noof's adopted brother, Othman. Katya, who has a job in the lab, becomes key in understanding the scientific evidence in this mystery. The two of them work together tirelessly for both the closure of the family and their own desire to discover what really happened to Noof. Thank you for the summary, Eric. Next up, Cece will be telling us a bit about the background of the author. Next up on the show, we have Cece, who will be telling us uh, a bit about the background and the author. Uh, so I'll be talking about Zoe Ferreris, who was actually born in Oklahoma. And what she writes about is really interesting because she um, lived in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia for a while. Um, and she writes about her experience of her time there. Oh. Um, she lived with her former husband, who she met in San Francisco, and she lived with her with his family in Saudi Arabia and in their house. And her husband was in the United States and he was studying English um, and he was there for 10 years. She really liked living in Saudi Arabia, but in the end she just thought it was too oppressing and wanted more freedom than she was granted there. She had two daughters and they returned to live in San Francisco later on and she divorced her husband. Um, she attended Columbia University and she received a master's in fine arts and fiction in 2006. Um, her books are really interesting and in what she writes about challenges stereotypical views of the Saudi Arabian society and all of her stories aim to provide insight in a society and the daily lives of citizens because um, people have a lot of views on the Saudi Arabian lifestyle that aren't necessarily true and it doesn't tell the whole entire story and she really wanted to get at sharing all of it. And she is able to tell the true story because she's lived there and been through and been able to see, literally see what's happened. Yes, so she lived there for a while and she experienced everything. She experienced some oppression and she said she liked it, but it was just too demanding for her. She really enjoyed the lifestyle, but then overall she wanted her daughters to experience the same freedoms that she had and wanted them to grow up in diverse cultures. Hmm. Well, thank you so much, Cece. We appreciate your time, and thank you for teaching us a little more about the author of this book that we all read. Next up, we have Nate, who will be discussing the history and culture around Finding Noof. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. So the, the book Finding Noof takes place in Saudi Arabia, and at the time that this book was being written, it was, it's, it was beginning to be written in the 1990s, but what's interesting is is the political climate and the social climate changed drastically while this book was being written. Um, what's really interesting is that at the beginning, 
um, in the 90s, the women's rights rebellions were just starting up um, in Saudi Arabia, small little groups that are celebrated today for their changes. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, there was one where 20 women took their cars around the capital driving, which is at the time was completely outlawed. It was seen as like completely like against um, what everything that the Saudi Arabian government stood for, which yeah. is um, it's a theocracy. It's um, Islamic theocracy. Yeah, well, I think Saudi Arabian women like women just got the right to drive too, so yeah. that's kind of recent. Yeah, so it's it's funny that you bring that up too, because if you look at it through the lens of the two uh, thousands, um, there was more. It's been it's much more progressive throughout the two thousands, and I wonder if the uh, cultural influences dictated, um, you know, the way that Finding Youth went with the characters and yeah. uh, the progressive thinking of the characters coming to the end. Um, as far as, like, uh, political, like, uh, religious and political beliefs, they believed in Shahara law, which is, um, they, they kind of allude to in the book a little bit, the idea that women need to be covered, um, to protect, actually to protect them from men. So just relating to women's rights and kind of what they, sexism, the stereotypes of women in Saudi yeah, Arabia. exactly. And a lot of those are kind of institutionalized. Um, what people don't understand is that these, that those laws are supposed to be used for good, mm -hmm. to protect women. Yeah. But in the Saudi culture, it was used to uh, oppress them a little bit. Are these laws becoming looser now, or do you think they're the same as they were before? Oh, definitely we have seen improvements, especially um, in the, like the 20-teens. Um, women now don't have the right to drive. Um, they're working on... You see more and more women popping up without burqas or head coverings um, mm -hmm. for the culture, but um, there definitely is still like a strong sense of traditionalism within the country. Uh, and like, do you think that's mostly to do with like pressure from outside countries, like seeing that like Saudi Arabia has like old laws and I don't know, maybe wants to pressure them becoming more progressive? Uh, I think she was in this book. She was just trying to show the progression mm -hmm. overall. Um, so the progression kind of came from internal. Like the mm -hmm. women finally said, like, okay, like this is this is it. Yeah. Like, this is our time and. Um, I think it's very interesting, like, her growing up and seeing all these things around her and seeing, like, you know, like, women do have a voice. Like, her putting that in the book, I definitely don't think was, like, a coincidence at all. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and we very much appreciate your input. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back after this five-second break. In this next segment, we'll be discussing our views and perspectives on the novel. Aaron. What was the takeaway you got from the novel? So the main takeaway that I got from the novel was I really got to understand from a new perspective the role of women in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a newfound empathy for them because I didn't realize how much discrimination and issues they had in their life that I'd never even heard of. Yeah. Um, another thing that I really took away from the, from the novel was Nair and how much he changed throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's talk a little more, a little bit more um, about the structure of the novel. So Zoe Ferraris, the author, um, she's a very detailed writing style. She builds up a lot of plot points, um, which makes you yeah. consider every little detail. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the book was from Nair slash Katya's perspective, um, which was very different from any novel we've, we've read so far in class. 
it can be loosely related to the namesake because of family and generals, but other than that, like it's kind of in a class of its own in terms of what we've read so far. Yeah. Um, just kind of to add on, when you said there were uh, build-ups, there are some tips to kind of see and read those. So if you read carefully, because there are build-ups, you might not think there's anything, but actually you don't want to miss any evidence because you have to have an open mind and you never want to rule out anyone because the way she writes, it could be anyone. Anyone is someone to be suspicious of. Also, you can try to notice some reoccurring uh, motifs such as eyes throughout the novel. And also some challenges for the novel is in the middle of the novel, it was a bit slow because there were so many dead ends, but it turns out that those dead ends built up to prep for kind of the ending of the novel. Okay, yeah. So going back to the themes and motifs, um, some of them were sexism, gender roles, and um, going to that, like Nair throughout the book struggles to find the balance of trying to find a woman and adhering to the um, strict Muslim laws. Mm -hmm. And like throughout the book, he becomes like more comfortable around women. And this shows like an internal struggle, a struggle that even by the end of the book, he still has trouble with. Yeah. Um, other ones are religion, like the Muslim religion having some um, very strong beliefs concerning concerning like women. Mm-hmm. And um, eyes, the motif you already mentioned. Um, one quote that kind of goes with that, that Ahmad says on page 45, um, he says, I've learned one thing here. When you enter the house of the blind, you put out your eyes. So he pretty much means that, um, uh, like, the family was so blind to what was really going on in their life that um, when you enter their house, you got to pretend like you don't really know what's happening or else it's going to cause chaos. Yeah. Although that was one of the best quotes or moments that I think I've enjoyed the most, The one of the ones that I didn't like was, to, well, not really. I didn't really dislike anything other than the middle because it was slow. But it turns out, like I said, it was building up to the ending. Yeah, it's really hard to give highlights to the book without giving any spoilers because it's a mystery novel. But um, every time Nair learned new information about Noof was definitely a highlight for me because the novel had a unique way of revealing new information that kept the reader interested in the story and wanted, wanting to like keep turning the page. And I also enjoyed all the chapters from Katya's perspective because it was interesting to learn more about Saudi, Saudi Arabian life from a female's point of view. Yeah, so one of my favorite quotes was uh, when Katya was looking for evidence in the Shrawi uh, residence. And this was probably one of the most intense scenes uh, because she had to sneak around the house without getting caught. And there were guards and everyone was coming in and out of the room and she had to secretly pick up the evidence without anyone noticing. So that was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Don't leave now because you're not going to want to miss what we talk about next. So for the next segment in our podcast, we have students from Miss Bonzi's G-Block uh, English 10 class, Jaden and Lilla, and we're going to be asking them some questions about uh, finding Newf. Okay, so let's start with the title of the novel. Um, so the title, Finding Newf, clearly refers to the physical search for Newf and for the reason she died. However, is there a deeper meaning for the title and what do you think it is? Um, well, yeah, I definitely think there is a deeper meaning, um, because the book, like, throughout the book, what they are doing, the investigation, um, things come up about Newt's life that no one really knew about, and so it's showing, like, finding Newt as in, like, finding out who Newt is, was as a person, yeah. even the majority of the people around her, including, like, her family, didn't really know much about her. 
Yeah, exactly. Like literally, literally, the title means that um, they tried to find who who Beryl was and how she was killed. But the title also um, symbolizes that they're trying to find who Nuf was as a person, um, what her identity was, what her personality was, what her aspirations were. So. Huh. Yeah, and it could also relate to like the bigger picture of like all women in Saudi Arabia and like what all their aspirations were, like while they were being oppressed, like what they really wanted in life and like why she would have wanted to leave. So if the title is about finding Nuf, do you think the book is more about Nair or the mystery of who killed Nuf? I think it's more about Nair actually because we follow him throughout the whole novel, um, to be honest. Nuf is just used I feel like she used as a element in the story just to um, have Nair more involved and see him investigate, see his personality, see how he interacts with women. Yeah. Okay, and to piggyback off that last question um, about the novel being about uh, mostly about Nair, how specifically would you say his views of women changed throughout the entire novel? Um, well, I'd say that in, towards the beginning of the novel, his views were like more of a stereotypical, um, that of a stereotypical man in Saudi Arabia, uh, viewing women as like all sort of like wearing the same thing and not working mm-hmm. as much. Um, and towards the end, he was more okay with like Katja like showing her face in public, which isn't a very common thing to see in Saudi Arabia. So I think he's his view became a little bit less stereotypical and more like accepting. Yeah, I think um, meeting Katya really helped him change his view of women, like seeing that not all women have to like stay at home and do nothing. Like she was a woman that worked and really wanted to like help with an investigation and was like okay with keeping her head uncovered. That was a good point. But do you think that Nair's views of women and the role of a woman made it more difficult for him to solve this crime? Yeah, definitely. At the beginning of the novel, Nair was kind of awkward with women and didn't really want to work with them. So, for example, as in Katya, she, um, he was very reluctant to go meet with her at a time and for her to come to his living space. Mm-hmm. So, I think that it, it kind of hindered him from getting evidence to find who these two men were. Yeah. And, in, and to change directions a bit, um, eyes are often referenced um, in the novel. Um, for example, Noof's mother is blind and her sons wanted her to cover her eyes. Um, Noof ordered a pair of glasses, but she was never able to wear them. And Nair finally agrees to get a pair of glasses at the end of the book. But um, what do you believe is the significance of the eye motif? Well, everybody in, in the novel basically has a blind eye or um, has their eyes covered from the true reality. For example, there's so many twists and turns on who's Noof's murder could be um, throughout the novel. So you see that, that they're going from person to person, but they never know who really is the true person could be. So uh, at the end of the novel, we find that it's someone's really unexpected. So could you make an argument that out of everyone in the novel, Nair could be the most blind because of that? Um, Nair could be the most blind, but I would say it's Nuf's family the mm-hmm. most blind because yeah. they just don't want to know who really killed you from the beginning of the novel. So that just shows that they're just um, kind of turning a blind eye to what really happened to Mm -hmm. you. Do you think that Katya is blind? Because she is kind of like breaking stereotypes by working and doing all the things that are like not really expected by women. Um, I wouldn't say she's blind. I think she's just 
someone ahead of her time, per se. Mm -hmm. She's trying to um, um, have that independent um, personality that most women in Saudi Arabia do not have. So I think that she just really is just an independent woman that wants to do something for her. Yeah. About halfway through the novel, we meet Abu, who is Katia's father. And in the beginning, he wasn't as progressive. He didn't want... Katya to have the job in the lab, but eventually she convinced him to let her have the job. And I was wondering if you guys think if this is a symbol for Saudi Arabia as a whole and how the country is slowly becoming more and more progressive. Um, yeah, I definitely think that is because, like, um, just her having one getting the job in the first place is a sign of progression just because, like, earlier, like, a few years back, women weren't even allowed in general to get jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and just the fact that, like, not just the government is coming around to it and, like, legally allowing them to, but the fact that her dad is coming around to it um, is sort of also a sign of that because he's, like, the older generation, which most of the time when things mm -hmm. start to change, they don't tend to agree yeah. with the changes that are happening. So it's, like, really important that he's letting her do that because it's showing that, like, he's supporting that, which may, which is, like, definitely that it is, like, such a big change in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the government is, I mean, the Saudi Arabia is definitely becoming more progressive. Like, for example, for Katya's job, um, that was actually, like, a, a division that the government opened mm -hmm. specifically for women. So that's just showing that the government going to um, implementing more women in the workforce. So I think the country is definitely becoming more progressive. Yeah, like, even though they're keeping women and men separate by having, like, a separate job, like, at least women are having jobs, and, like, they're starting to have women work and not just stay at home. And I have one last question for you guys. Did you enjoy the book? Would you recommend it to other people? Yeah, I would definitely recommend it to other people. It's really, like, it encapsulates your, like, attention, like, it grabs it, because there's so many twists in the plot going on in the book that, like, mm -hmm. you always want to read more to know what happens next. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Um, Katya and Namir, the lines are just so captivating. Yeah. Watching them go through the, um, reading, um, through, uh, I think go through the whole investigation, so I would definitely do it. Thank you guys so much for being on our podcast. We all appreciate your insights. So to wrap up our podcast for today, uh, Catherine, what are your final thoughts on the novel? I thought it was very interesting overall. I learned so much about Saudi Arabian culture and what it would be like to live there, especially for a woman. It was also an enjoyable mystery with a surprising ending. Who would you guys recommend this book to? Um, I would recommend this book to anyone who enjoys mystery novels and is curious about life in other countries. Uh, yeah, I think that's like the target audience. Yeah, I would also rec recommend this book not only to kids who enjoy mysteries, but also to an older audience who can appreciate the complexities of the novel. Well... I would like to give a huge thank you to all of our guests, Jaden Lilla from G-Block. I would give a thank you to Nate and his research on the historical context, and a thanks to Cece and her research on the novel. And also a huge thank you to my co-hosts, Aaron and Catherine. Finally, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our podcast.